funny. So we were at a site in uh, South Charlotte and the president of the company is sitting there with the plant manager. It's interesting how the conversation has changed in the last, you know, two years to that'll never work. We can't do it to, yeah, this is terrible. We've got six staffing agencies. Our churn rate is 130%. Um, we're pushing our workers to 10, 12 hour shifts and it's not working. Welcome to Shift Talk, where we talk about the workforce challenges and trends that manufacturers and those in the supply chain industry are facing every day. I'm your host, Adam Raymond. And in each episode, we'll bring you fun and in-depth conversations with industry experts and thought leaders who are on the front lines of frontline work. I'm joined today by Todd Warner, president of My Work Choice. He has over 30 years of experience in manufacturing and supply chain staffing and frequently talks with plant managers and HR leaders about what's happening in the marketplace, what they're doing to staff their facilities and the challenges they're facing. Let's go ahead and get started. So we were talking yesterday in the back of our amazing call center, and you brought up something that I thought was really interesting and I wanted to capture it. So let's, let's talk about this thought, right? We keep saying how when we're at a new facility and we're talking to, you know, especially the operations folks, right? Let's be honest. HR is usually all excited about the idea of flexibility, but operations is like, yeah, no, it'll never work here. Uh, we're different. The, the way we do things is special. Um, it takes six years to go through training. We can't do flex, <laughs> right? So what, what? try to capture again what your old man angry on his grass <laughs> on his lawn in the front yard you did a great, great little synopsis there of what you said yeah it's obviously when you're trying to uh take on the lofty goal of being an innovator uh the number one uh, barrier roadblock speed bump is change and as we know human nature is we're resistant to change and that is no uh better place to find the resistance to change than in distribution and manufacturing operations where you know they go back to the model t 150 year old 40 hour work week requirements and everything that has been designed uh over history has been designed with the best way to possibly run an operation except for the consideration for the worker so i understand you know, everybody's been raised in those environments, been raised in an environment that a 12 hour shift is the most efficient model to possibly use to operate. It's easier. It's uh, you can you can stage it better, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, it's the least desirable shift for a worker today. So, right. I, so my rant was all about change, says, right? Yeah. So when somebody says, well, Flex couldn't possibly work here, we, we can't do that. Yeah, and I love that one because uh, what data shows and the reason we actually started by work choice four years ago was that they are in the midst of the change and they're unaware of it so as they sit there and go we can't possibly do this we can't possibly flex we can't possibly change and adapt uh, i chuckle because it's already happening and it already happened no they haven't changed their operational model true but what has changed is the workers that are in their building and everyone we talk to without exception, will tell us a story that the workers no longer work the 40 hours, that they're suffering between 
anywhere between 20 to 40% daily absenteeism. Well more than what is allowed to be taken off. Point systems are compromised. They don't know what to do. People are taking off more. They're forced to fire people, but they're struggling to hire people. And yes, in today's world, they're hiring a little bit more than what they did through COVID. So they're getting excited, but it's still the same worker. It's still the same worker that wants to have more time off that these lower level jobs they're going to do, but they want to do it on their terms. And that's what's happening. So change has already happened. They're just not aware of it. They right. haven't prepared for it and they don't have a plan to solve it. Right. Well, what's funny. So we were at a site in uh, South Charlotte and the president of the company is sitting there with the plant manager. And even, you know, it's interesting how the conversation has changed in the last you know, two years to that'll never work. We can't do it to, yeah, this is terrible. We've got six staffing agencies. Our churn rate is 130%. Um, we're pushing our workers to 10, 12 hour shifts and it's not working. And the president of the company says, yeah, well, who wants to work 12 hours, right? She's like, I don't want to work 12 hours and I have a desk job. I could not imagine lifting 50 pounds for 12 hours straight and thinking that we're going to get a higher efficiency out of that worker in those last, you know, four hours. Well, let's take your story one step further. Well, everybody we talk to, what is their answer to the issues that they're currently experiencing? So we have set 70% showing up, 30% are not, we're behind production. So our answer to that solution, going back into the old days of thinking, we're going to have to have these people work more hours. So yeah, we're going to have to force overtime. We're going to have to extend our shifts maybe to 10 and 12 hours. So yeah. let's take the remaining workers we do have and let's just push them to the brink. Uh, again, falling back on, it's all about designing the best operations for the operations, but not for the worker. But what we're learning in today's world is if you don't have the workers, you can't get the production. Right. So it is about adapting to what has already changed and what is already in the building. And everybody is under a new excitement of, well, maybe now that more people are going for work because That's of what I was inflation gonna... and costs, mm -hmm. well, maybe since they're going to work, they're going to come back and they're going to want to work full-time jobs with full-time benefits and we won't have to worry about this. Right. But it's not happening. Yes, they're coming in the doors a little faster, but it's the same. How way. do you know? But how do you know that's not happening? Because that's what we're seeing a lot of existing uh, partners and clients are going, hey, I've got. It's actually interesting because some of them get it because they're like, uh, we were talking to a site up in Ohio and they said, oh, we've gotten 50 new applicants this week, but we know none of them are going to stick around. It shifted. Right? You know, it used to be the appeal of if you could offer a flexible offering, it could attract workers when nobody could get anybody to come to the door, right? Right. Well, now it's, it's yeah, they're able to get a little bit more, so they're building their confidence, but what they're finding out is they still have the same issues that they were having previously, which is the workers don't want to work that 40 hour plus model. They want to have time off. They're still being compromised. They're still being forced to make decisions. And that's the feedback we're getting. We're getting clients that after four or five weeks of trying to go back to the old way again are calling us and saying, listen, we still have the high turnover. We still have people churning, quitting after two weeks of training. You know, it, it, and that's the issue. The issue is it doesn't matter how many you hire. Folks want more time off, right? And if you don't have a system or a program to adapt to it, then it's going to pass you by. And it, it, it is amazing when you listen to uh, folks say, well, this won't fit and this won't right. work for us. Yet you're experiencing 30% daily absenteeism. 
It's happening yeah. to you. So what's no, your answer doing to it. that? Yeah. No, I love you said it. I think the line you said is, oh, you're afraid of doing flex schedules. Guess what? You're already doing it. Yeah, um, you're unaware of it. Yeah. You're unaware of it because you have 500 other job openings in the market, right? Yeah. It's not like they don't have choices. We're in a right. situation where workers have unlimited choices. So if they right. point out, you can either ignore it, which is what a lot of sites are doing, or they just go, you know what? I know my supervisor is going to fire me today if I call out. So guess what? I'm ghosting. I'm going to go pick up another job. They're hired 24 hours later, making the same pay someplace else. And that's that's what I want to bring up on the second thought, right, in this conversation is pay rate. And I thought this was really interesting because we were having a conversation about marketing and to what you just said is, you know, we're, we're at a point where we can literally say, okay, now that you've tried everything else, you can come work with us because we've actually figured it out. And one of the things that we've always done is positioned workers in this place of, well, they need flexibility because of their lives, which is to a large extent true, right? Like kids in school, um, you know, they, they can't find daycare. They've got elderly parents are taking care of. They get sick themselves. That is a huge piece of it, right? But you brought up something that I thought was really interesting that we actually uh, just saw reported on in an Amazon article about what does the pay rate have to do with your core worker versus your contingent labor force? Yeah, that's a great point. And it is driven, it is economically driven and it's by the pay rate. Uh, you know, we look at a couple of conversations we've had with some, you know, uh, larger companies that are very recognizable manufacturing distribution companies. And they speak of the fact that, well, eventually someday we want to hire our full core group of workers and not have to deal with either temporaries or flex workers, et cetera. Yeah, uh, even they just to the point, even to the point where they almost have a, and I'm, I'm respectful of it, uh, although it's delusional at this point. And that is, that is, well, it's a privilege to work here. And and I started working on the line, you know, and start there at $15 an hour. And someday you can get hired and you can work here 30 years and build right. up and support your family. Well, it, it just shows, I mean, really, I, I, I don't mean this disrespectful, but it's absolute blindness to the attitude of today's worker. That is not the worker of today. Well, and let's be let's be honest with ourselves, right? You and I grew up in a world where that's what was ingrained in you, right? You went to go work for a company, you work nine to five, you work more than that um, because you want to do what's right by the company and you know the company is going to take care of you. You're going to get that gold watch after 30 years. Things shifted a few years ago where workers figured out, you know what, at the end of the day, uh, especially at certain pay rates, Right. And this is the group of folks we're talking yes. about. Yes. Is I'm just a number. Yes. I, I'm replaceable. And in fact, they're banking on the fact that I'm going to churn. But a lot of facilities we talk to are still stuck in this idea of I need to train these new folks the way I was trained 30 years ago. And that's where the disconnect is happening. Yeah. Right. Well, it's even that expectation that. Everybody out there that's a good worker is looking for a full-time career with benefits, and they're willing right. to start at $15 an hour to earn their way up. And again, it's not in tune to the worker of today. So as you said, it's changed 
you know, people want to blame COVID. It was well before COVID that the workforce, the new generations, the millennials, the Gen Zs were yeah, influencing. Yeah. That, hey, listen, <laughs> these jobs are not exciting to them. They, right. I make the joke constantly that you want to scare Gen Z out of your building. Tell them you want to hire them for 30 years. It's true. I mean, they're, they're short termers. They, they don't look that far ahead. Um, but let's get back to the pay rate issue. Yeah, so these, I really liked that idea you had. It, it's really generated by the level of the pay rate. So the the jobs are boring. They're mundane. Let's be honest. It's not. You're not going to get a, a, a millennial Gen Z excited about throwing boxes for fifteen dollars an hour on third shift. And someday you might get hired and get benefits and get bumped up to sixteen or seventeen dollars an hour. That, that, it's just not holding them. It, it's right. done. So how do we solve the problem? And as you look by pay rate, it's this way. Any company is going to have a core group of workers and they want core group of workers. And these are the folks described as the 40 hour. I do want Benny's. Uh, I am looking for long term employment because I have specific specific needs in my life. Right. Right. The lower the pay rate, the smaller the percentage that core is. And it just makes sense when you have 500 job openings for uh, entry level and assembly and warehousing in any market today, you're going to go where? You're going to go to the place that pays you the highest. So if my job really is that I got to support myself and I want that career type job that we all talk about, that we historically used to all go for, then I'm going to go for the best paying company that's out there. And that that isn't $15. I mean, Amazon and Chewy is paying $22 now. I mean, there's companies in the marketplace, $22, $23. You're looking at $25 to $30 if you want a core group, a solid core group of workers where you don't have to worry. Well, most companies can't afford 25. That. I was going to say, budget. That's might as well make budgets, it $100 right? an hour. Right. Then stop expecting that behavior at $15 an hour. Because what you're getting at $15 an hour are folks that are saying, I'll do these jobs to make some money, but I'm going to do them on my terms. And it's what you said at the beginning. They're just going to jump from company to company to company, yeah. working the way they want to work, violating the rules, but making that money and working the way they want the well, they're turning it into a gig job yes. on their own. They, they do it. They're taking the marketplace right now and turning it into a gig job opportunity for somebody. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is we need as companies to create that opportunity to shut the back door and keep the workers in the building. So go back to our pay rate. So okay. if we're at $15 an hour, your right. core group's going to be 30 to 40%. That's that full-time group. Above that, you're looking at 60 to 70% are going to be flex workers. People that work 26 hours, 22 hours, that, that's what you're getting. So adapt and make it work for you because that is the workforce today. Now you can go up to $16, right? It might climb up to 40%. Then you're going to, you're going to jump to 17. It might jump up to a 50% core. You get my right. point. Get yeah, we've to seen 20 that. Bucks, we've you might that. be at a 60, 60, 40 split, but the reality is that's what your split is. You're going to have X number of workers that are willing to do this job, that one flexibility, and you're going to have a core group, but it's going to be somewhere in that 50, 60 range. Well, and I think the reality too is we've seen this in the data, right? Like any site that goes, we're going to do a dollar incentive. We're going to do a $2 incentive. They bring workers back out, right? People show up, but then 60, 90 days later, we're right back in the same thing of yeah. well, everybody in that market has raised their prices. So you've got to get to a point where you're like, yeah, that's great, Todd, but 
I can't pay my workers $22 an hour like Amazon. Right. I'm going to go out of business, right? Like we were just paying twelve fifty two years ago, right? Like I've, I've already increased my pay rates 83%. So what are you telling me? Like I'm going to have to use contingent labor for 60% of my building? Like what? what's the solution to this then? Like yeah, can't just I, I, so let me give you two real, real life examples. One is Fortune 100 manufacturing. Uh, you know, they just did their data research uh, on their facilities and their 67% to 71% uh, daily attendance from their full-time workers. So they have 30% they're short every day from the workforce. Yet they're desperately trying to hire a temp to hire model using contingency workforce from temporary agencies and desperately trying, but can never get ahead, can never get that number to where it needs to be, and they can't keep people in the building at a pay rate, that's at 14 to $15. So they've got to come up with a solution, right? they got to come up with a solution that keeps the worker, attracts them, and then also fills that 30% because the full-time offering is not doing it. You know, and then the, 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 second, uh, the second scenario is the, the company that's desperately trying to get to 100% full-time workforce and after two and a half years and again another fortune 100 manufacturing environment where after two years they have yet to catch up with their attrition in other words they're hiring they're less every week than they're losing through the back door because they're desperately trying to do it again so again you have to find a way to shut the back door and keep these workers so the solution is real simple it, it, it's having a model that can Hire your core group at the pay rate that you want. Find where that natural line is. Allow those folks to have more time off and track it because that affects them just as much. Right. We're not going to go back to the day where they can't. you can't have a PTO day for the first six months. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> so yeah, adapt luck. to it. Find where that nice middle ground is where they average 32 to 35 hours and track it. And then... Once you found that line of what that core group is, whatever your pay rate is, if it's 15 or if it's 18, whatever that core group is, then come up with a plan to be able to manage a flexible workforce that's attracted to your job because of flexibility and wants to stay there because of flexibility. So you're going to fill in that gap, that 70%, that 60%, that 50% with flexible workers and manage those folks on an app. Maybe like yeah, an app I like my work choice. Yeah, but <laughs> really, tell me more. Um, okay, so that's that's a great idea, but now haven't I just created a situation where I'm having to constantly churn and train this flex group, right? Now you're telling me instead of just training 50 people, you're telling me I've got to train 50 plus another 50 of, of flex I, workers. Yeah, it, it every is true. 60 but days. Just, yeah, no. It, it, again, the mentality is these folks turn over, right? Not if you can give them what they want. Number one things that this worker at this pay level wants is the ability to work when they want. What does that mean? You know, we come up with all these, you know, the white collar world has gig and flexibility and work from home and all this kind of stuff. Really what this sub $20 an hour worker wants is the ability to just take off more than what we're allowing them. This generation of worker I get tired of doing this mundane job. I want to take off Thursday and Friday. Uh, That's crazy. I, mean, talk. I don't feel like going to work Tuesday. Uh, I don't want to work overtime. Uh, right. You know, this kind of thing. That's just how they are. 
you either accept it and adapt to it, or you just keep right. firing them and turn it. So my point is, if you put it on the table that they can do that, and it's in a positive way where they don't get yelled at, or they don't get points, or they don't get threatened to get fired, and then they quit and go get another job. If we can say, that's cool, drop your shift. We appreciate that you work for us, and you work 26 hours this week, and you want to come back next week. And we'll solve the problem, because we'll find somebody to work the other 14 hours this week, because it's another coworker who will fill in those gaps, that flexibility. Being able to manage that and offer that makes that 15, 16, $17 an hour job now attractive. And that's what this is all about. This is all about, about now making it attractive because it's not like it was 10 years ago where we can design an operational model that's all about the most efficient, it's 12 hour shifts and mandatory overtime and blah, blah, blah. It's about, I only have so many available workers in the world today as we've seen for the last two and a half years. And whoever can attract them and keep them in the building is going to win the game. And what we know is the other methods not working. Yeah, no, we're, we're seeing that across the board. There, people are trying everything under the sun, and and we are hearing a lot of desperation and voices, um, which in some ways is good for us because it's finally like, okay, are you at the point where you're ready to try and meet people where they're at? Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the the new workforce yeah. you have to deal with. You brought up a great great story about Bezos saying about you know I don't really want workers to work long term because I of burnout and low yeah. production over time and stuff like that. And yet they're the ones that just came out with a great article that you you had, which was, hey, listen, we we, we project by 2024 that we're going to burn out most markets that we're in, and we're going to run out of workers with this method. Uh, and it's true. Uh, you know, that's another solution to this. Uh, how, how do you manage these workers? Well, instead of trying to keep them on a, a strict work week with production numbers, let's give them a flexible work week with production numbers. Let's say, hey, listen, I can have a flex worker that's going to be able to work the amount of hours that they want every week, less than maybe what is 40, but yet keep high production going. I have an extension now to that worker. That worker can work longer than two years. That worker appreciates their job opportunity, appreciates their flexibility, and will produce to keep that opportunity alive and going well. That's a yeah. long-term solution. Than no, what we we're see talking, that. We're seeing as an example, even with an Amazon. Yeah, no, and I think that's the surprising thing we find in our data. I mean, not surprising once you understand what's happening behind it, is that our workers are staying long-term, right? We have workers that have been with us two, three, four years because there's no reason for them to jump ship and go find another job, right? right? Like we've, we've, given, we've taken that issue off the table of, hey, you know what? If you need to take a day here off, day there off, take two weeks off, come back. If you need to redo training, whatever it is, like come back to work, we will get you up to speed. Keep um, the worker. Keep, keep the, the worker, worker, keep your training costs down, and keep them in the door. It's simple. But instead of fighting upstream, which, you know, that was our motivation when we created my work choice. We were <laughs> tired of fighting upstream. We were tired yeah. of trying to force workers of today to stick to the 40-hour work week and then no show, no call them or fire them for attendance. Right. And we're Threaten. just burning and churning recruitment four years right. ago. Well, the world's gotten more into this. The worker has adapted this. It's and it's like go all the way back to the beginning of our podcasts. You know, it's changed. Whether you like it or not, the worker has changed. <laughs> it's no, not going back to the way things were. Changed. Yeah, your what facility do you mean? maybe is doing it the way it used to be done, but the worker of today has changed. No, it's going back, Todd. I'm a believer. 
We're going to see it. They're going to come back. I, in it, it shocks me because I, I think that's the that's the underlying theme, right? The fear of change where I'll hit I'll, I'll see individuals just, just ignore the data, ignore the numbers, uh, it, which is the workers speaking through the numbers of how they want to work and just ignore that and hold on to the thought that it's going to go back to where everybody wants to work 40 hours in overtime. It's not going to happen. Well, it comes back to, you know, the, it's hard to self-assess and go, it feels unfair, right? That, well, this new generation gets to come in and work in a way that I never got to. I put in my blood, sweat, and tears. I did my 30 years. And we're not trying to undercut that. We're not trying to say that that's not valuable, right? Like those workers are still critical to grow them into, you know, supervisor and management and senior team leadership roles. But we don't see that work mentality as much today. It is much more of, I want to go earn a paycheck so I can go do things outside of work, right? <laughs> the world changes. Look at our industry, Adam. I, I know. started. I started in an industry many, many years ago where I used to use a pay phone to call back orders and our recruiters <laughs> had, had three by five cards and right. index files. And now we look at a world where folks are working all over the world remotely from their homes and they're, they're placing individuals into jobs and careers and right. every industry changes and evolves. What we're seeing is a workforce in the blue collar world that finally has evolved. It's it's a little later than some of the other things in this world, if you think yep. about it. I mean, yep. gig was ahead of the game before everybody else was thinking about it. It now has come down into the blue collar world and it has changed the worker. The workers think, I'll do these jobs.